check, check, light check. Moto 60 show presented by Maxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data on PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 show coming at you right now. It's February 1st, 12 noon Pacific. Round five of the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Series is coming up this weekend in beautiful downtown Oakland. Well, not far from downtown Oakland. Thank you for listening. Lots to talk about. Some stuff to give away. Your phone calls at 702-586-7857. Looking forward to Oakland, man. It's a day race this weekend. First one of the year. Remember those day races? That'll be awesome. Um, So thanks again, people. Really appreciate it. 702-586-7857. My name's Steve Mathis. Jason Thomas will join us in a little bit from Fly Racing. And Paul Parabinos from Pro Taper will be on to uh, help break down Oakland. Four rounds down. 13 to go. 36 points for Tomac. Plessinger gets the red plate again. Yeah, lots to talk about, man, and uh, we're going to have it. We're going to have a deep, deep dive discussion on the races with you. Uh, first up, though, from Fly Racing, protect your noggin with what the professionals like Weston Pike and Blake Baggett and the 7 Deuce Deuce use. The F2 Carbon Forge helmet is crafted to adhere to strict safety standards using MIPS technology while incorporating a Kevlar shell construction. Ride safe, ride smart with Fly Racing. They got five colorways plus the Weston Pike signature helmet. Pike right now is absolutely killing it for the um, uh, JGR Suzuki guys right now. I believe he's fourth in points. So it is uh, it is great to have uh, Fly Racing on board with us and get the little orange box on the front fender that Barsha and Webb have been using. It's a works part for your production motorcycle. The LCGPA, the new launch control system developed by Get Engineers together with top teams all over the world, like the JGR guys, like Monster Yamaha and many other teams over in Europe. Uh, destroy the start and get the whole shot. They have um, a ECU with two injectors, like what the Cowie has stock, and if you don't, if you're at the high end of racing at a 250F, get one of these. They're great. Uh, also, too, Pro Taper, Geico Honda, Rockstar Husky, uh, JGR Suzuki, just some of the teams that use Pro Taper, ProTaper.com. Whether it's legends like Bradshaw back in the day or Jason Anderson now who's leading the points, Pro Taper can be trusted to provide revolutionary products that continue to set the industry benchmark for all others to follow. The Fusion Bar, the one-third waffle grip, Twister Throttle Tube, just some of the examples of how Pro Taper continues to uh, elevate and innovate the game. Uh, I feel like if you go to ProTaper.com, and uh, go on their website, you'd see a lot of really cool hard parts that you didn't realize Pro Taper made. I know, I've done that. So go there and rely on Pro Taper. Uh, also, too, Maxxis tires, from your bike to your truck to almost everything in between with wheels, Maxxis tires will have you hooking up, pulling the whole shot, and beating the competition. 
One of the world's most trusted tire brands, Maxxis, delivers high-quality products that perform no matter the terrain or conditions. If you don't believe me, ask McGrath, because right now he's developing the new MXST tire that it should be out real soon. Uh, Maxxis.com, M-A-X-S-I-S.com. Thanks, everybody, for checking it out. And uh, like I said, 702-586-7857. Got a few lines open. We are going to give away a Fly Racing Grande roller bag for your gear. It's uh, fantastic to carry everything around. It's really big, and uh, everything will fit in it. And also, to a Pro Taper Hour Meter. And also, to something new on the show. Our Pulp MX show guy, Guts Racing, the official seat of the um, uh, Rockstar Husky team, among others. Uh, Rockstar... Um, Husky depends on guts for their seat needs. Pro Circuit uses them as well. The Phantom lightweight seat foam and everything else. Um, we're going to give away two tickets, two pairs of tickets to Oakland. So what you want to do is call 702-586-757. Tell us what guts product you have used in the past or you have purchased. And uh, you'll get an email with two tickets to Oakland for this weekend, courtesy of our folks at Guts. That's right. Uh, we love those guys. And uh, they're on the Pulp Show on Monday night, but we're still throwing them. Uh, a little bone here because they got these tickets to give away for you people. So call in 702-586-7857. Tell us uh, what Guts product you've used in the past or what you plan on using. And uh, you can get one of the uh, two pairs of tickets for Oakland this weekend. Um, so, yeah, lots of questions for this weekend. Mookie is back in for JGR Suzuki for this weekend. So he's on a race-by-race beat weight, uh, basis. And Mookie is back. Alex Martin is back for the TLD KTM team in the 250 class. So that should be a couple of guys that uh, are back in. It'll make things interesting. Bogle, Weimer, of course, will be back in. So, uh, hey, by the way, producing the show, holding things down over there in the corner, the Tits Legendary. What's up, Tits? Hi, Steve. No works connection starting device for Darkside. You waited heavily on this on Monday night. I think heavily is a strong word. I merely made my opinion known, and I think that uh, many people agreed with me. Uh, he's not getting it. He has to work overtime yeah. just to, to afford it. So you know what? I life's, hope you're happy. Life's hard. Okay. All right. Fantastic. I, I actually I did chime in. I said, there's so many giveaways that we do on this show and the other shows that I think, oh, it'd be awesome to win that. But. It is what it is. And yeah, you can't. Yeah, you're not you eligible. You can't do it, yeah. No, you're absolutely. Uh, let's get JT on the line uh, right away from flyracing.com. 702-586-7857, like I said. First two callers that can tell us something about Guts that they've used in the past, uh, we'll get these tickets courtesy of the folks at Guts, uh, GutsRacing.com, and uh, also to the Fly Racing Roller Grande gear bag and the Pro Taper Hour Meter is all up uh, on the board right now. So my early season pick for 250 championship, Adam Cicerillo, uh, he's doing okay. He sits, uh, he's, he's fourth in the points right now. Savacci's ahead of him, Malcaras ahead of him, Plessinger's ahead of him. He's the fastest guy in the class for one lap, there's no doubt, but uh, I'm still waiting for him to get going. So, with that in mind, Plessinger, McElrath, or Savacci, who you got? Uh, Plessinger is certainly right now the most accomplished with the red plate and two wins. Winning last weekend was very good uh, for me to see him. Obviously, in Houston, it was soft dirt and ruddy and ruts and everything else. He's really good at that. We know that. So that's not the uh, biggest thing for me to worry about Plessinger. Uh, but this weekend's pass, this weekend's win um, in uh, Glendale was very, very good. He was great. I uh, didn't like that movie made on McElrath. But, hey, um, yeah, I really think if Plessinger can try to pull this thing together, I think he can uh, – can, Come on ahead for the Monster Star Yamaha, guys. And AC is still going to be my title pick right now. I'm not going to bail off, but, uh, yeah, he needs to get going right now. Uh, 
a lot of mistakes by AC, a lot of crashes like in Houston we saw, saw in practice. So uh, if Adam can somehow pull together, he'll grab a win here real shortly. But it's just a matter of whether he can uh, can figure it out or not. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Get, Pro Taper, and Maxis. Thanks for listening, everybody. This show gets a ton of phone calls, and we really, really uh, appreciate that. And like I said, Oakland Supercross coming up this weekend. It's a day race, which is uh, really awesome to see. Something different, something unique. Uh, Triple Crown already has happened, and now we got a day race. So there's plenty to talk about, especially when it comes to uh, this weekend's 450 race as well. Let's get uh, right into our next guest. We're still looking for some phone calls and some winners, or let me know, Tits, when we get those winners. From Fly Racing, it's Jason Thomas. What's up, JT? You got a winner right here, buddy. I do. I do have a winner right there, right now. Um, hey, so Maxis is new to the show, you know, as a, as a, sp- a sponsor, right? Uh-huh. Uh, this is uh, the fifth show of the year. Did you have, let me, in the pool, JT, did you have four weeks over under on when Tits would ask for something for free from Maxis? Which, were you, uh, were you over under four? Well, I mean, under one is less than four, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's a that's an under. Well, you lost because today was the first time the fifth show that he has asked for free Max's tires. I as soon as you mentioned it, an upset. Yeah. I was going to, but then I was like, you know, I'll give a little bit of time. Yeah, he I'm just gonna, I'm gonna play my cards and just play mellow. He gave it a month, JT. So maybe we should applaud right. him for that, right? Right. You know, he came in and he was kind of sizing up your mood and seeing how you're feeling. And yeah, yeah, today was the day, though. Yeah, he struck. He struck like like a. Like a bow constrictor. Life is about timing. Life is about timing. Yep. So congratulations for those who had over four in the pool for when Tits would ask for free stuff. I'm sure Darkside will be stoked to hear all that. So, um, All right. So day race this weekend, JT, in Oakland. What do you think of these yep. things? Uh, third year, I believe, we've had these. Um, what's your takeaway on day races as, as, a, as a fan, as a, yep. an industry guide, or you know, when, you used to, uh, when you used to race and you didn't do the day races, but as a racer? I think that really changes the perspective because my opinion varies accordingly. Uh, as a fan, I don't think it's as good. I really don't. I think uh, it's, it's a bit early um, to get down to a stadium for practice and get into the pits and do all that, you know, by 9 a.m. for practice start time. Uh, it's pretty early to get downtown Oakland, so I'll have to go on. Uh, and then I think for, you know, later in the racing stuff, like opening ceremonies and all that stuff, I think you miss some of the aura, you know, the, the aura of it with, you know, it not being dark out. Um, just the laser effects and the lights and the opening ceremonies videos, I don't think they, they kind of strike the same chord when it's daylight out. So I think that's a little bit of a downer as far as that goes. Um, as an industry guy, it's awesome. It's completely the opposite because for us, Guys, that go to every single race. It allows us an opportunity to fly home on Saturday, which we never get to do for Supercross. Otherwise, I mean, literally never. Uh, so I'm all in on it on that. I don't mind getting up early. I get up early anyway. So, uh, yeah, completely different perspective depending on which side of the fence you're on. Okay. Hey, we're going to put you on hold. Your phone is a little crappy. Can we call you back or try something else? Or are you on, okay. a, are yep. you on a speakerphone or something? Were you on, doing anything weird? Nope. Okay. Nope, we'll, we'll, call, we'll call you right back. 
Uh, let's give JT a call back, Tits, when you can. His phone was a, a little little tough there. Let's get into some phone calls, though, if we can. Uh, oh, tickets are gone. So thanks to the folks at Guts Racing, gutsracing.com. Use the code PULPAMX18. We gave away two pairs of tickets to uh, Oakland this weekend. So don't bother calling, 702-586-7857. And uh, interested to see what you guys think, if Tomac can make up this 36 points. If you're a Pulp Show listener, a Racer X recap, uh, pod recap listener, you know that I am. Uh, I don't think it's going to be likely. Um, just because of the greatest comeback um, in Supercross history is nowhere near the 50 points or 49 points, I should say, that um, he was down, uh, that Tomac was down. So, uh, yeah, 36 is good, but still a long way to go for Eli Tomac. Uh, Dale, what's up, man? How are you? Hold on, how are you guys doing today? Good, how are you? Good. Um, my question was on, like, the Triple Crown and some of the TV, TV format stuff. Uh, Weege was talking about when he did some truck races, they started off with like a tape delay, you know, and kind of got into some other things to break up some of that time where they go from commercial to down to the floor and then right back to the commercial game without showing anything. Why don't they do something like that? Uh, yeah, we, had, we talked about this on Monday Night Show. You know what? Um, it's not a bad idea, but, dude, it's live sports. What if they put the Super Bowl or an NFL game on tape delay, right? Like, Supercross yeah. is a big deal. Like, people love it. So, um, I don't, you know, in this age of social media and instantaneous results and everything, like, I mean, it would work better as a TV package, but people would lose their minds. It, it's that, it's that important, you know. I don't think you can you can do that. I, people know the results ahead of time and all that, so. Yeah, yeah, it definitely uh, hurts social media for sure. Yeah, I just I don't know if that would work. Like I, the truck series he's talking about and flat tracking and all that. Sure, I get it, but I don't know about about Supercross, man. But uh, I think they're working on TV package. They're trying to make it better, so. Right on. I got one more thing for you, if you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, just want to commend you on bringing some spotlight to the privateers, man. Nobody out there is doing it, and uh, it's really cool to hear some of the stories. And yeah, um, you know, th- thanks for that, man. That's awesome. No, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, I do a privateer island podcast every week. Please check it out. I was once a privateer mechanic. I'm friends with a lot of the guys, and the stories are amazing. And the hardships these guys have to go through to make it to the race is cool. And so, yeah, we just thought we'd spotlight a little bit, you know. So. Yep. Appreciate thanks, it, man. Thanks, Thank man. you. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, JT, you back? How's that? Is we better? Yeah, I'm back. Okay, I'm that is Good. better. Uh, so, yeah, it's – so as a fan, you like it. As a racer – or as a fan, you don't like it. As an industry person, you do like it, <laughs> the day race format. I do. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And it's that's completely selfish because we're, I'm only thinking about my own time and my own <laughs> schedule. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think to get the race on, you know, Network Fox or whatever is a huge deal, and we should – absolutely make sacrifices for that to happen yeah uh but i think the the on-site fans i think they do miss out a little bit on the experience great stadium this weekend in oakland fantastic nope just nope how in the hell do, do, does the city of oakland like i don't get it man do they like the eight i mean the raiders are leaving so obviously clearly we yep. know where they stood but I, that place is such a hole oh my god it's terrible I mean, it's just absolutely yeah. terrible. I mean, I, from what I've been told, Supercross gets a, a heck of a deal on this event to, yeah. to keep coming back there. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, I don't, I don't know all the, all the, you know, behind the scenes stuff on a new stadium like that. Like, I'm sure that um, Mark Davis tried to get a new stadium, right? Yeah. Like, I would think he would have worked on it at some point, but uh yeah those things are those things are fairly expensive these days it it would seem yeah for sure uh all right let's get to some phone calls here first up uh scott's got a question about pulpamex fantasy what's up scott how are you i'm doing well steve how are you good what's up man 
well, I got a, a question actually about AC and a couple comments. I, sure. I don't get a chance to call in that often, so I mostly listen. But what would you like first? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, comment and, and question. Okay, comment is uh, thank you so much for all the uh, all the pods you put out. You know, we got like five or six a week for a sport that doesn't get mainline coverage, and and for myself, not a lot of time to sit down and and read articles. It's great to sit and listen when you're uh, you're doing tasks. I'm in the garage today, so really appreciate uh, all the pods you put out. No worries, thanks, man. Um, fantasy, the good and the bad. The good is I'm paying attention to a lot of racers that I don't normally do, which, you know, success on your part, I know that's part of the, what you guys wanted to do with it. The bad part is it makes me, after listening to JT for a few years, yeah, it makes you a little feel like less of a person because as soon as Savachi hit the ground, I first thought in my mind was, oh, he's not on my team. No, I know. Uh, rather, yeah, no, it's... rather than, is he okay? Yep. Um, uh, and uh, and also your uh, tribute to Gord Downey on all your shows when you, you play some of the music, so not all of us get that. But uh, yeah. I certainly do appreciate it. No worries, man. Yeah, it's uh, real. He just he made a big de- made an impact in my life with music for you know 35 years. So. Um, oh yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, Adamson Sorello, I've been following that guy for a long time. I really like him. Great personality. Great interviews keeps making these small mistakes and, and a rider at that elite level like JT how, how do they correct that like practice isn't going to be any practice is more, more than enough yeah. what, what do you do to get rid of that specter that keeps hanging around well before JT answers Scott uh, we talked about this last week and JT you said yeah he's kind of always been like that <laughs> so yeah yeah unfortunately that's that's kind of what he does I and mean, he's always been elite speed at every level from when he was five years old, jumping over people's heads on a Cobra to, you know, now he's a elite level 250 supercross motocross racer. Even, you know, then and now he still had the tendency to crash. And I, I told the story about, you know, bones basically saying like, Hey man, like everything's fine. Just stop crashing. Um, and that, that kind of holds still holds water now is you're, you're fast enough. You're good enough. You're strong enough. You're in shape, all that stuff. You have great equipment, but, if you crash and put yourself, you know, it just kind of takes the wind out of your sails, even though just a little crashes. And really, to be honest, Savachi is no different at this point. Um, I haven't watched Savachi as closely as an amateur, but in his pro career, you can look back over the past few years and they've, you know, the little crashes have cost him a championship. You know, last year, that front wheel problem for Osborne should have cost him the title if Savachi had not, you know, led him back in the series with tip overs and all the little falls that he had throughout the series. Yeah. Now, can you can you can he fix it, JT? That's Scott was saying. Can he fix it, AC? I, you know, I would think that there has to be a way to, but I I think more than riding technique, I, I honestly think it's mental with both of those guys. Um, whether they try too hard when things aren't perfect, or you know, I think Martin Davalos is the same thing, where he usually does it when he's out front. He'll I think he starts to think about you know the the situation and think about trying to win instead of just walking in and doing what he needs to do no different than what Eli did at a1 i think he, i think Eli just lost concentration for a split second there's no uh, di- so no. i don't think they need to change the riding technique right. i just think it's it's a mental thing that maybe they they can work on uh with the help of someone smarter than me uh nick way's trying to help ac for sure you know uh that's something that they've been trying to work on so uh, I don't know. Yep. Yeah, Scott. I, uh, would, yeah. I would bet you, and, and I don't know this, but it would be something interesting to ask Nick if he sees this stuff go on when they when he practices too. Because if I had to bet, I would I would bet that it only happens when the pressure is applied. Um, that that kind of changes everybody's yeah. 
tendencies and, and forces mistakes when otherwise, you know, they could do 20 lappers all day without falling over at home. Yeah. Uh, Scott, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Have a great show. Thanks, man. Uh, next up is Ryan. Ryan, what's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I had a question for uh, maybe both of you, but uh question is um, some of these teams that are like a little bit smaller scale, um, how are they making any money or is it just an automatic loss and what, what drives them to keep going forward when they, if they're not making money? JT? Yeah, that's, it's hard to put it through a blanket over teams and say that because every team is different and some are wildly different um, as far as how that goes. You know, uh, a team I'm most familiar with is the Rocky Mountain KTM team, and this is Forrest Butler's business, and he, he definitely, you know, makes every attempt to turn a profit. And if he doesn't, then, you know, obviously he's not going to make any money. So, uh, it's you know he is definitely in this to make money if he can you know and and you put a budget together and then obviously you're trying to build yourself a salary in there as well um, you know the RCA RCH team that just uh, just ended the, you know this past year they were definitely making money and that's why they did it and at the end of the day whenever they looked at the numbers and they weren't going to make money for 2018 you saw the team go away so. Um, those private teams like that, you know, most of them are in this to make money. And there's always the outlier, you know, a motor concept. They're not, they're not making money. They, I would, I would venture to bet they've never made money uh, in a, in a, you know, calendar year owning a race team. But Mike Genovo loves it, and he's he sees it as a marketing play for his company. And um, you know, thank God for the sport <laughs> that he's willing yeah. to, you know, keep investing in this thing. And, uh, Otherwise, I don't think he would be around. And Coy told me, I mean, for what it's worth, Coy Gibbs told me he is not making money on his team. I said, look at all the stickers you have. Look at all yep. the stickers. And he's like, nope, not making any money. So, Well, so, and you know, I, I, I would guarantee you that Coy could back his effort down and definitely make money. But yeah. he wants to do it to a certain level in a certain way and have a certain number of yeah. staff, and, you know, that eats up his budget. Uh, go ahead, Ryan. Uh, so, so how are we going to get like uh, some of these bigger title sponsors on there, like the Home Depot, and uh, what kind of money does it take to start? Like, what kind of capital money does it take to start one of these teams? It's a great question on Home Depot. Uh, everyone's been wondering that for twenty years, uh, thirty years, maybe. Ryan, um, you know, okay. I, it's it's the demo of the sport is great. It's a younger demo. They buy things. Uh, it is way cheaper to sponsor a title sponsor a motocross team than it is a NASCAR team or anything else. It's way, 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 way cheaper. Uh, for a million dollars, you could have your company's logo everywhere. Uh, uh, and on a NASCAR team, I'm not sure that even gets you to be a presenting sponsor. You know, So I don't know, man. Yeah, uh, because uh, most, of, most of the people in this sport are a younger demographic, and oh, those yeah. are the types of people buying houses and going to Home Depot oh, yeah. or going no, to Lowe's. No, no, so no, it doesn't, listen, man. It just seems like too perfect of a fit for it not to happen. It's the million-dollar question. We've been talking about it for as long as I've been in the sport and been on Jay Leno and been on ESPN and, and Fox Sports now and ESPN and X Games and all of that. And I think, JT, it really boil. We love the sport. It's just it's only going to get so big because it's motorcycle racing and not everybody rides a motorcycle. And, and some people associate motorcycles as very dangerous and, and very – rebellious and, and Harley Davidson outlaw gangs, you know, as in some level, uh, I just, I think JT that our sport will only get so big. I, I, I don't start freaking out when, when people start telling me about all these eyeballs watching us. Cause I'm still waiting. Yeah. I mean, as big as it is and as big as we, we know that it is and we think that it is, 
I agree with you that it's still viewed as niche, and I don't even know that that's a word, and I'm using air quotes that you can't see right now, uh, but it's still just, it's too small. Yep. You know, for the for the public eye, the mass public that a company like Home Depot or Lowe's or somebody's looking for, yeah. it's just not big enough, and that's crazy with how many people we are getting watching and all that, but I, I just think that for these companies that don't sell you know, if they can't look at it and be like, yeah, we're grabbing every customer, not just motorcycle people, that's that's the stuff they want to sponsor. Um, I mean, look, the, they want, so, the, 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 the TV series are getting three 300,000 people watching. Okay, 300,000 yep. people. Hockey gets a million. Ice hockey gets a million and is mocked by mainstream sports people who cover it because for right. so little people watching, Ryan, one million people watching the hockey is laughed at. Like, ha, 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 your, your, your sport's barely watched. Okay. Now think about Supercross getting 300,000, you know? So yeah, I, hate to be, I hate to be super pessimistic guy and all that, but it's just – it ain't that big. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's just I, not. I've, yeah. Does anybody know if these team managers or team owners have tried that route with them? Oh, yeah. And it's just failed? Or, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So oh, yeah. No doubt. Every, oh, yeah. Agent, every agent with a contact has tried. Uh, and, and, spe- uh, and speaking of George and Coy Gibbs, I mean, they have uh, – FedEx has one of their guys on their team. Um, somebody else has M&M's. All those companies have been hit up on the JGR motocross side. Everybody's okay. been talked to. Everybody's been shown – all the demos, all the decks, everything else about the sport, and those companies are like a hard no. So, you know what? You know what? I really think it comes down to hmm. for for companies like that, the big ones that we're talking about that we all are trying to get involved. I don't think a big dollar number scares them. So when you come to them and you say you could get in here so cheap, you know, I, I don't think that really is that yeah, yeah. attractive to them right. because they have the dollars. They want big numbers of people and eyeballs. You know, they would rather spend ten times what they could spend in Supercross and get all those more people. Yeah. So it almost works against us. You know, where we go in and say, "Look how cheap this could be." Where I don't really think that's that's an attractive quality for them. I think they're looking to spend more money and get way more, way more out of it. Yep. Yep. No, good question, Ryan. We probably don't have enough time to dive all into it, but uh, yeah, man. Okay. Uh, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, it's a. It's a Big, uh, big question. All right. So what's crazy? Like, and to say it better, I think if you, if you were spending your own money, you would be like, yeah, that's great value, and look what I'm getting for this. But when you're talking about a marketing company or a marketing agency that works for Home Depot or whatever, it's not their own money. So they're looking at, man, how can we do this big and how can we do this right? So yeah. I just think that that quote unquote value or cheap or whatever way to get in. I just don't think it, it carries much water. Uh, Lee is on the phone with a question about a guy that I have on my list to ask you about, JT. So go ahead, Lee. What's your question? Well, I had a couple guys. I was just sitting here thinking about how nobody's really talked about Josh Grant or Brock Tickle. I know Brock Tickle's struggling, but, yeah, I mean. Uh, Tickle is the guy, JT, that I have circled here like, Kind of bummed on his results so far, and haven't even JT haven't even seen glimpses or flashes from Brock. Yeah, you know it's 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 working against him a little bit because the move to KTM, the move to Alden Baker's program, like all of those things built maybe unfair hype around him. Uh, and it's not that he's been terrible, but expectations certainly went up. So yeah, I. I 
definitely would say he's been underwhelming, and it hasn't been awful by any means, but it just hasn't been what we all thought we would see. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think to a man, everybody expected him to not necessarily win, but to kind of take a step forward and take a step up from where we've seen in the last few years. Yeah, and Josh Grant, seventh in the point. He's a fly racing rider. Um, I was telling um, a person at Kawasaki, at the Monster Kawasaki team, who does the PR this, this past weekend, I was telling her, like, I feel like Josh, and, and obviously he's not a huge fan of Pulp MX and everything that we bring, but I feel like Josh doesn't do a whole lot of media or talking to people, and we maybe, we maybe underestimate him because he's not out front and center. He's a veteran, and he probably just wants to get out of the races. But, hey, the guy's seventh in the points. Yeah, Josh has been really solid, and I think for Kawasaki, he's doing exactly what they hired him for. You know, I, I think he's he's really understood, and he's basically executed his role to a T since he's been on that team. I don't think they wanted him to go for broke and win or crash, which he did earlier in his career. Yeah, I think they wanted solid results out of him, and if you have a chance to do well, then go for it and do well. Like he was at A2, he was right up in the mix, but if you don't, don't throw it away. Just keep your bike inside the top ten. Give give us great representation on you know from Kawasaki, for Kawasaki, and you know basically do that all year yeah. long. And that's yeah. what that's what you're here for. You're not hired to to, to yeah. win a title. So uh, on the other side of that, as far as the media and stuff like that, you know he he may not do as much media in, in the way you're talking about. But if you look at how many videos he does, he, he does these videos with Evergood and. He does a lot on the back end as far as documentaries and a, and a lot of video stuff. So it's, it not, may not be the traditional media we're used to, but he's, he's definitely getting himself and his, his sponsors in the limelight in other yeah. ways. Yeah, he's maybe picking and choosing. I just like, I don't know when the last time Racer X ran something on him. I don't know when the last time he, he went on DMXS or any of these shows or, you know, of course not my stuff, but you right. know. Um, hey, Lee, do you want a Fly Racing Grande roller bag or a Pro Taper hour meter for your motorcycle? What do you want? Man, please pass that on because. I don't even ride. I'm one of those weird guys that are a huge is a huge fan of the sport that doesn't even ride anymore. So, oh, no worries. Yeah, that doesn't make you weird, buddy. Thanks for calling in. Appreciate <laughs> I feel, it. I feel like that sometimes. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, let's get to Toby. Toby, what's up, man? Thanks for being on hold. What's happening? Hey, dude. Um, so Daniel Blair does a a night before the race podcast. I don't know whether you've heard it or not. No. But he called the he called the Nets the Ricky Carmichael. Memorial Nets. Uh, all I can say to that Make is fuck, fuck Daniel Blair. Um, <laughs> hey, I, mean, I would definitely love to have a gear bag just in case. Well, just because you called and rat balled on Daniel Blair, you'll get a gear bag. All right, man. Uh, stay <laughs> yeah. on, stay on hold. Tits will get your information. Thank you. Thanks. I've never even heard of Daniel Blair. Now that I think about it, um, Zach, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's going on? I'm curious to think uh, to know. Now that we have the nets and bowl turns, do y'all think racing is actually better with those bowl, bowl turns in? Well, to be honest, and JT, maybe you can correct me, I haven't really seen a bowl turn in a spot where there wouldn't normally be one. The idea that well, I had, the idea I had was on the outsides of the stadiums having a, a net there and a bowl turn where there used to not be the one. And maybe A1, JT, on that far right-hand side, um... There would be there would have been a flat turn there in the past maybe um, on, after the on the uh, third baseline, but yep. other than that, I, I'm not really sure if there's if there's been one. I don't I don't think they would have made that ball going the way they did this weekend when Colton Eck hit it. You don't think? I don't think they would have built that turn that way. 
Because I think would... there would have been a much smaller berm there. Oh, okay. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think there have been some situations where they've. And if you look at the tracks now, every turn has a ball berm in it. And go back and look at track maps from last year. That's not the case at all. So I think they're just building them with reckless abandon now. And they build the track, and then they look at it and say, okay, well, if that can anybody get into a lot of trouble here? Okay, they can. Okay, let's put a net here. Yeah. Um, I think it's just basically taking the handcuffs handcuffs off of the track builders more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Uh, I, I would have thought that spot would have still have a bull burn, but maybe not. Yeah, I'm thinking, uh, Zach. Like, dude, there used to be flat turns on the outsides of the floors. Everywhere. You know, like, yeah, like it yeah. was, it was bad. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, I it's always yeah, better. I, I challenge you because I study these track maps a lot for the article that comes out today on Racer X every Thursday, and I challenge you to look at the track maps now and look at them a year ago and and just just count. Just you know, take you five minutes. Count how many bull berms there are this year versus last year, and it's, it's staggering how many more there are now. I'm not quite able um, to get every, that. I, yeah. I only know this because I write bull right. berm in my when I'm breaking the track down. I write it over and over and over this year compared yeah. to never before. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, it'd be nice. See, I don't get down on the track these this year, so that's <laughs> another. Story. You have a bird's eye view, though. You should be able to uh, see it very well. Yeah, I guess. Uh, thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's go to Nick. What's up, man? How are you? Hey guys, hey guys, how's it going? What's happening? Hey, so I'm getting the feeling that Daniel Blair may have sabotaged you about the Colton X Nets. Why? What do you mean? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, are you guys cool? Yeah, sure. Why not? Oh, okay. I don't know. It's just like the the, the whole like I heard the caller about the Ricky Carmichael thing. I was yeah, like, I know. Of... Well, if he's oh. you know, I'm still yelling at him. I still don't like the guy. Oh, but okay, we're cool. But all right, oh, all, yeah. all right. Just double checking that. Uh, I heard the Monday Night podcast, and uh, when I heard Scummy was going to be on there, I was like, oh boy. And then just to hear what he's up to, I'm super pumped about that guy right now. Why did you did you know him before, and that's why you thought, oh boy, or, or... well, no. When I when I think of calling, I think freestyle party, just a oh party yeah yeah animal. sure. Like, he's getting into Supercross now, and then just to hear his story and what he's doing for the guys, and I'm like, fuck yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, um, it's awesome. A good deal for him and Skivvy helping out those privateers, so it's cool. He's always, dude, he's been a fan of the show for years. Like, I talked to him at the races, and I've been meaning to get him on, and I've always kind of forgotten or whatever, so it's good to get him on, but he's been a big listener for a long time. Yeah, that's that's super awesome, super pumped about that. Okay, man. uh, Yeah, thank you. Okay, thanks, appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Brian. What's up, man? How are you? Boys, hope all is well. What's going on? So I want to take the opposite, uh, the opposite, or I want to get the opposite way of why the teams get involved. So with the news this week, um, because I, I want to look at why would a rider get involved uh, in the sport. So with the news that you guys broke, I think it was yesterday, <clears throat> why does a guy like Blake Wharton want to come race a bike that is going to be garbage in an East coast that really is not good. And a guy who's got a great reputation is totally going to get a mockery made of himself. Why? Why do you think he's going to get a mockery of himself? Uh, Mun racing. Tell me the last time they've ever done anything worth crap. Uh, I mean, they've never really had a guy like Blake Wharton on riding for him. I I don't think it, I mean, it's a good bike. It's a, it's a decent bike. Like, I think it's fine. Like, yeah, I don't think he, I think he'll be a top ten guy, JT. Don't you? With the way the East Coast is shaping up, as far as depth, uh, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, no, I, I don't know, Brian. I kind of disagree a little bit. I think he'll be fine. He's yeah. not. I don't think he's going to win or. 
make a podium. Oh, no. But no, no, no. Yeah. But I, mean, I think he would be. I think he would be in for a different story if it was West Coast. That's yeah. that class. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and and that may be what saves him. But you know, man, you. I mean, just look at a guy like Justin Hill. I realize Blake Wharton never won a championship. I get that. But look at a guy like Justin Hill, and I'm not. I'm not buying that it's not the bike. But, um, you know, dang, a bike. A, a bike in the 250 class means so so much, and. You got a guy that's you know consistently a top five to seven runner who might be top ten to fifteen. I'm just not sure why you do that, especially in a sport so dangerous. Yeah, like no. Uh, hey, listen, that part that part is fine. There's no purse money. He's riding for months, yeah. so there's probably no money in it permanently. Uh, you know, so I get all that part, but I guess the guy just really wants to ride, huh, JT? I mean, he just unlike Jason Thomas, uh, Blake Wharton has not let go. Well, <laughs> I mean, he's obviously he's not very old. No, um, oh no, so oh, I don't know. I don't. He's not very old, and I don't think he's a gajillionaire. You know, I don't think he made all that much money in the big picture as far as racing. So, I would assume on some level he wants to get back to relevancy and try to make real money doing this. Um, otherwise, if if none of those are the case and you're just doing for doing it for pure fun, yeah. then you know I, I could definitely see your point. Yeah, sure. And my goal wasn't to wasn't to bag on Blake for doing it. I just yeah. I just kind of wonder is, is the is the risk versus you know is the risk worth the reward? And I'm mainly I'm mainly seriously thinking about the bike. I mean that that that's that's going to be unfortunate. Yeah. For him. I just kind of feel bad for him. All right, Brian. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you, fellas. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it'll be. Uh, I, I'm okay with whatever he wants to do. Like, yeah, I don't know how he's going to do. I obviously, he feels like you know he's missing out on something. So I don't know, JT. Like. Uh, I mean, it all depends on how much money they want to spend on the bike. If they really want to build a good bike, yeah, it's not going to be, it's not going to be Savachi's bike or mm-hmm. Shane McElrath's bike. Mm-hmm. But you can build a pretty decent bike if you're willing to spend some money. So, uh, I don't think he would win on their bike either. Uh, but to have a bike and be inside the top top ten, uh, I definitely think that's possible. Whether yeah. he makes any money in that process yeah. is a whole other story. But right. I definitely think it's possible. Um, all right, before we let you go, from flyracing.com is uh, Jason Thomas. Oakland Supercross this weekend. Um, good dirt. Good track normally, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Should play into the hands of, if you want to look at T- Tomac, should play into, into Tomac's hands. Uh, should play into uh, Cooper Webb's hands. We don't really know for sure, but I think these guys will do pretty well. Yeah, I think the usual suspects will be up front. Mm-hmm. You know, the the Tomacs and... Barsha rides this dirt well, so I think we'll see another good uh, result from him. Um, Rocks and all, all these guys are super solid on any conditions. Uh, the, I think the real question are, you know, you mentioned him is does Cooper Webb on an, on the different uh, 2018 bike can he find that magic that he had last year when the dirt went soft? So yeah. uh, I I think we'll be able to see right away because it's been it's been that way with him. If he's fast on a weekend, he's fast all weekend. So. If he comes out swinging in practice, I think that's a good omen for for his results uh, for the rest of the day. Um, but man, he he really needs to do something to spark his season here because you know I know he was injured and he re-injured himself in December and all that. But uh, he, especially with Barsha's success, um, I think everyone's kind of waiting on Webb right now. Who wins this weekend in both classes? I'll take Eli to make it three in a row. Mm-hmm. I think this this track deterioration he. You take New Jersey out of it. He normally rides the stuff really well. To go back to last year, like Seattle and Salt Lake, he just destroyed everyone when conditions were like this. Uh, and then the 250 class, 
man, it's really been a crapshoot, but it kind of the same same thought process would be Plessinger. Uh, he seems to be the most consistent when the track starts to deteriorate. Yep. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. We will see you this weekend. All right, guys. See you. All right, see you. Jason Thomas, flyracing.com. Get and Pro Taper and Maxis all on board with us. Uh, let's knock some phone calls before we get to uh, Paul. Craig, what's up, man? How are you? Craig, what's happening? All right, let's go to uh, Chris. Chris, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing all right. I just had a question about the Triple Crown format. Yo, Uh, what's up? Okay. Uh, well, first of all, um, support the LCQs in the night show. Those are always right? the best races at all the races. Doesn't that seem like a no-brainer? Because yeah, for sure. You're you're losing two races from an overall night program, anyways. For these, you got six instead of eight. Uh, so you need those races. You're charging for the tickets. So absolutely, put the LCQs in the beginning. Without a doubt. And then, as far as tightening up the program, from what I understand, it's it's the teams asking for this. They need the time between the races. Yeah. Why don't they allow them to tech two bikes? Um, yeah, they could, they could relax those rules. Uh, I talked to Peyton, uh, about it this past weekend and he was telling me that he wants more time and he didn't mention so much the bike, but he meant getting back and, and recovering for the riders and watching film and, and debriefing with them. And he was like, that was cause after the podium, he said, you know, he's one of the lucky guys whose riders make the podium. He said there wasn't much time at all. So I was like more time, Mitch. And he was like, yeah, I'm like, Oh boy. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if we can do more time. I don't, I don't know if yeah, that's possible. I guess possible. it's just, it's even for everyone, right? So, I mean, yep. it's not that long of races early. Or maybe a bigger break between the second and third mains, but that first main's really short. Yeah, How much are you right? really reviewing after that? No, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I agree. So, uh, everything good at Racetech? Wonderful. Racetech.com, everybody. Thanks for the support on all of our other shows. Absolutely. You guys have a good day and good uh, weekend. Thanks, man. See ya. Uh, let's get to our next guest here from ProTaper.com, Paul Parabinos. What's up, Paul? How are you, man? What up, Steve? How are you? How's ProTaper? Everything clicking along? Yeah, yeah. Um, busy, busy. Uh, we are actually getting ready to load up a truck to go to our national sales meeting, and then I got a flight to Oakland in the morning, so it's a busy day. Oh, nice, nice. So, um, all right, so we got into it a little bit with JT uh, about this weekend, the day format what do you think uh, as a as an ex mechanic and as a now uh, an industry guy slash fan of the sport? You like these day races? Are they working out? Um, I guess I'm just kind of indifferent on it. it. It doesn't really matter to me. I think maybe as a the purist in me, I, I like the night show. You know, the, the the sunsets and the lights are off and. And it's um and it's an exciting kind of introduction to the show and and when you're there for a day race that's not as climactic I guess mm-hmm. um it's uh so, but um but but it is nice to be able to give uh, uh teams riders staff industry people a chance to get out of the event on a Saturday night and get home quicker so I'm all about that um but uh yeah I, I don't think it needs to be I don't think it's black and white it needs to be one way or the other you know it's 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 fine to mix it up here and there and, and if i would imagine they're doing it for the tv package so mm-hmm. if it helps us be wise then then yeah keep doing it i think they want to get us out of oakland before sunset <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that yeah. is a positive probably but, uh, yeah. let's get into the phone calls justin what's up you want to talk about ac and mitch payton what's up hey what's going on guys what's happening what's your question 
Hey, so when you were doing the after race report, uh, it seemed like Mitch kind of dodged the uh, the statement you made about Adam being sketchy. Um, yeah. Do you think that he's kind of of the same mindset and they're trying to work with him to get him more consistent? Oh, I know he is. I know he dodged that question for sure because we've had some private conversations. Um, yeah, maybe publicly he just doesn't want to come out and say it. But, uh, Paul, basically, uh, you know, I asked Mitch, I said, He's so fast, but why is Adam so sketchy? And he danced around it like Justin kind of said, but uh, he knows. He knows Adam is, is is prone to mistakes, you know? Yeah, I just I, I found it amusing. And I, and, I mean, he obviously, he's working with him pretty consistently, and he knows, and I'm sure he knows he's got the speed. But uh, yeah. I just wanted to see what, uh, what your thoughts were on that. Yeah, what do you think, Paul? I think it's honestly just a product of Adam trying so hard. Um his entire life, and he's not, hasn't done as much of it as of recent, you know, in the last few years or since he's been a professional, and I'm sure he's not happy with that. So um, I think the biggest deal for him is he needs to fix his starts, and, and he won't have to ride so aggressively and so over his head. If he gets a start, I think he'll click laps off, and he's not the type of guy that's going to, you know, get head flustered because he's in the lead or and deal with the pressure of, of leading the race as the as the race winds down. You know, he just needs to get better starts, and he'll be less sketchy for that, I think. But yeah. he just, he's not uh, getting them. Uh, Justin, you want a pro taper uh, hour meter for your bike? Uh, I'm actually bikeless at the moment. Oh, I just blew up my 450, and I'm uh, I'm on the hunt for a new bike. If you wouldn't have blown it up, you would have had an hour meter from Pro Taper on it. Probably not. No. Hey, uh, I do want to say though, you made a comment about the uh, the dirt in Oakland being good. As a NorCal guy, the dirt up here is significantly better than what they've been getting down south. I think. Yeah, it's it Paul or Paul. It's a good track, the Oakland. Like, uh, I don't know if it's always got moisture in it from the rains or something, but it's good dirt, man. Yeah, it always is. There's always plenty of traction. The track's going to rut up. It's going to get difficult. Um, and those are the dirt will be a factor that separates some people, I think. So, um, yeah, we always have good dirt in Oakland. And, and I think uh, looking at the track, um, it's going to be uh, an interesting race. I don't, I'm not sure who will win this weekend. Uh, thanks, Justin. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's uh, – hey, let's talk about Chad Reed a little bit, Paul. I meant to ask JT this, but we got hung up with a lot of phone calls. It, this week, okay, he's been riding during the weeks. Uh, now, more than ever, he came into Anaheim on way behind. He's been riding during the weeks. Theoretically, Paul, he should be getting better and better, uh, but he's not in the sense of this weekend, yeah, he had a bike issue and he was in the mechanics area for a bit, but he didn't qualify well. He had to go to the LCQ that he didn't win. Like, it's not getting better, but why not? Shouldn't it be getting better? Um, I think it's still early a little bit. I mean, we, you have to respect how late he was coming in and, um, and also the, you know, he's, he's still probably not in the fit. He's not in the shape that he needs to be. I think he knows that. Um, but, uh, honestly, I think Chad's gonna, he's going to improve, but it's obviously not happening yet, but I think it'll happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just hard. The field is the field is tough, man, and all these kids are going for it. And Chad's 35 years old, so there's got to be a little bit of that. And I think it's very important to his program this year that he attends and races every single race. So there's got to be a little bit in the back of his mind there that says, hey, I can't, I can't you know, hurt myself here. So um, I think it's a little bit of all that. But, um, you know, I, I think Chad's building and building and building, and I, I think he'll be back uh, next year. And, and be even better, but uh, yeah, I think he'll improve. You know, as the series draws out. But you think but he races next year? Quickly. You think he races next year? I do. I do think oh. he races next year. Oh really? I don't know, man. Obviously, he's a friend of both of ours. I just I, I didn't know it'd be this bad, Paul. I didn't know it'd be this bad. 
So I mean, yeah, this, I don't think it's a huge deal. I mean, okay. he still has one of the longest longest autograph lines in the pits. I know, um, but he's riding during the week. He should get closer to the top ten. I feel like, you know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, it, it it'll start with him qualifying a little bit better, and then getting better starts and being at the front. Um, so. Uh, I mean, Chad's a veteran, and he's very um, kind of structured, and, and he's smart, and I think he'll turn it up when he feels the right time to do it is. Mm-hmm. Do, do it. Right, to okay. do that, yeah. Craig, what's up? You want to talk about Bam Bam? Yeah. Um, so I was in uh, Glendale this last weekend, and, man, he looked awesome. Yeah, he uh, did. Seriously, like I, I went to like five or six races last year, and it's like I, I don't even know if like there's a different guy under the helmet or what. Um, it's that good. Yeah, um, yep. So, so what do you think? Like, obviously, uh, I don't know about you guys. I think he wins a race uh, or two this year. Um, do you think maybe by Vegas he's still in the picture or, or what? What do you think, uh, Paul? This is for real, I think. What do you think, Paul? I I think it is, too. And honestly, I was going to ask you this question, Steve, like this weekend when we were there. But, um, I mean, what if he wins this weekend? Uh, I mean, he could definitely – I think he can win this weekend. And looking at the at the track, you know, uh, I think this is a weekend where you're going to have to qualify high. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to come out of your heat race in the top two or three, that, so you have a good gate pick for the main. And then if you hole shot this track, I think you can you can really get away because it kind of um, you know corks on itself a little bit in the beginning. And um, if he wins a race this weekend, I mean, yeah, he's a. I could say I would say he's a championship contender, and he can be all the way to Vegas. He's done it before, and. Um, uh, momentum is a crazy thing, and everything's clicking. And as oh. long as it will take someone going in there and roughing him up to and to a transfer of power, I should say. Oh boy, to stop him at this stop, point. Yeah, so. Stop talking about transfer of power. Like, round one and two, but you know, round one, Anaheim won. It was like, okay, that was a great ride, but it's Anaheim won. And then round two and three went by. I was like, okay, maybe this guy's the real deal. And then this last weekend, yeah, like, no, I, like I saw him. This is, I think it's the real deal. Yeah, no, I do too, man. We're four rounds down. He's won oh, three yeah. podium. And he's not going to just fall off all of a sudden, you know. Exactly. Um, I think he wins this this year for sure. Uh, maybe one, maybe two. Yep. I don't know, but it's amazing. Uh, thanks, Craig. Appreciate it. Yep. Yep. It's really the story. It's 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 overshadowing Pike right now. Uh, it's overshadowing some other guys. Brayton also, Paul. This is the story to me right now in the series. Yeah, I mean it's unbelievable. It's really cool to see, and, and you know, I, everyone's had their run-ins with Barsha. And you know, when I was working for Dean, we despised him. I mean, he would run into Dean every. Week. I've replaced so many parts on Dean's bike because of that kid. But um, I've really heard a lot of different things coming from him. He's really um, tried to turn it around. And he's not being such a dickhead, you know. And, and I think it's just him maturing and growing up. And and uh, it's awesome to see, man. I, I I love that we have another contender, and it was cool. I, I mean, last weekend there was a different brand in the top five. Every, yeah. You know, one guy from every different brand. So and, um, uh, it's great for the sport, and um, it's cool to see. You've come around on that bike too after after uh, taking place in the shootout uh, with Kiefer. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I've been verbal about it. I'm kind of I'm I mean I'm I, I, I'm kind of a no filter type guy. I guess I'll tell you what I think and. The Yamaha previous to this 18 generation, I thought it sucked. Yeah, um, I've told every, I've told everybody that, but that's my opinion. I'm entitled to it, and uh, but I've rode the new one, and it's it is light years better than the old one. Um, I, I think they've made huge, huge improvements, and and Barsha is just another another uh, example of that. I mean, it, it's a it's the engine's great, the fork's great, it turns good. I mean, they have a really, really good motorcycle, so it's cool to see them having some success. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Get Pro Taper and Maxxis Tires. Paul Parabinos on the uh, on the online right now. Let's go to uh, Thomas. What's up, man? How are you, Thomas? You there? 
Yeah, sorry. What's up? Out. Hey, I just had a question about the um, Supercross Live package. Um, how come you can't get it in the United States? Because, like, I don't have cable, and I always have to work Saturday night, so I don't get to watch the stuff. So I just have to, like, pirate it off of YouTube on some janky well, YouTube channel. Um, because Fox Sports doesn't want them to. You know, they have a deal with Fox Sports for um, for TV coverage. They pay them X amount of money, and Fox is like, yeah, we're the only ones that can cover it. There you go. That's it. Hmm. So it's, it's well, that's pretty shitty. Well, yeah. Uh, Fox saw, goes to your cable provider and says, "Hey, we have we have uh, race events that you can't get anywhere else, and yep. customers want these race events, so you need to buy our cable package." Yeah. There you go, Thomas. It's easy. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it really is. Kyle, what's up, man? Uh, Kyle, I almost didn't take your call because all Tits has here is red plate heaviness, which I don't want to talk about. But what's up, Kyle? Um, by chance, did you have a chance to watch all of the Anaheim 2 broadcast? Um, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, all right. okay. I fast-forward through a lot of interviews and, and fluff. So, Yeah, well, they had a full um, a spot dealing with the red plate. They did a feature with it. And I was cracking up because, it, you know, literally about a week before that, you and JT were kind of going on a rant with that. And then, of course, they have a huge feature on it. Mm-hmm. And. You remember back in the day whenever they used to do the backward masking on, on music? The what? Remember whenever they used to do backward masking on music or it'd have a message backwards in the music? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure if you were to play that little feature backwards, they were saying, fuck Mathis. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, I, wouldn't, give myself, I, wouldn't, get, hey, I wouldn't give myself that much credit. These guys don't, don't, don't I don't care know. about that. I think, they're, I think they're hearing your voice quite Thank, often. Thanks, man. Changes and other stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't. No I'm, one's taking that amount of time to do that, right? And I'm not. And I don't really watch the TV show for that. I just fast forward through the, the races, and, and that's it. And then sometimes I just want to smash my head against my laptop, watch, listening to Jeff yeah. a little bit. So, um, hey, so Plessinger won a second race of the year. Took the red plate back in the 250 class. Adam is fourth. My championship pick is Adam is fourth. Uh, McElrath is there. Savachi's there. Uh, right now. Paul Parabinos, who you got for this title? It's it's anything can happen. We got a couple of mixed races coming up, but who you who you like? Yeah, if you let me pick anybody right now, I'm taking McElrath. Um, I, I think uh, he's been through it before. I mean, so is Savachi. Plessinger, kind of, I guess. Um, his starts are the best. Uh, and I think I, I say this every time, but starts are very, very important, and and that's going to get him there. But man, you can't deny uh, Plessinger's outright speed. I mean, God, he's going fast and yeah. he's riding good, and he's he's matured a year too. And I think that's going to make him very, very tough to beat. Um, Adam needs to turn his starts around and get on a roll if he wants to get in the mix. Um, but uh, I, I would say, yeah, my pick is McElrath because he's going to always start good. I think he's consistent. He doesn't make the big mistakes. He's uh, not the quickest, but he's very consistent. Yeah, very consistent. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'll take McElrath. I think I like Plessinger for this weekend, though, for the same type of dirt as Houston. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. But um, uh, as far as when you talk about dirt, but when I look at the track map, if he don't get a start here, I don't think he's going to be able to catch up. Okay. As 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 easy, you know, these are shorter lanes, more turns, um, so people are going to bunch up more. It's going to be harder to make passes, I think. So I think a start's going to be important this weekend. Alex Martin's back for the TLD KTM team. Chance ability, Paul, that he's the hundred percent top pick in Pulpamex fantasy. Yeah, probably highly highly likely. Um, as long as nothing stupid happens in practice, right? Highly likely, he's probably on a lot of people's teams. Yeah. Um, 
Marv is coming back from a damaged shoulder. I talked to Alden Baker about it. No surgery is going to be needed. Nothing is that bad. It's simply, you know, pain management and, and getting back on the bike. How soon do you think is Marv is Marv back to Anaheim 1 Marv? Or is it is that just too much of a mental hurdle to overcome? Because physical, physically-wise, I think he can get there. But uh, how, what do you think? Can he get back to just being Anaheim 1 Marv? Or did, did this thing take the wind out of him too much? Um, I, Anaheim one Marv was like all time high Marv. I mean, after after multiple off season victories and, and a strong end of the last season, that was really a high high seat, high level there. But um, I do think he can be at a level to win already this weekend. Um, you know, looking at the track, knowing and knowing this dirt will break down. There's a short whoop section. I can see him jumping in and jumping out of those. Um, I think this could be a very very good track for him. Uh, so um, I think 450 class can be very interesting this weekend, unless unless Eli, of course, gets a whole shot and takes off again. But I think beyond be, be, behind Eli, there's it's a big kind of open. It's it's very open. So I think Marv is this is a good weekend for Marv to assert himself at the top. And if he's mentally strong enough to do that and get back in this mix, then I, I look for it to happen this weekend. If it doesn't happen this weekend, he needs to at least be on the podium. I think to keep yeah. trending that way. Yeah, he was pretty good, and I mean, he, again, he had he was hot and cold in the whoops. We've all we talked about his whoop skills for hours. He wasn't that bad in them most times. He wasn't that bad most times. I guess is the grade I would give him. Uh, and he got and he, and he ended up with a what do you get fifth? Yeah, so you know, that's that's okay on Fourth, that track, I think, right? Right? No, no, fifth. You're right. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, no, I thought that was good. Yeah, I think, I think this weekend the tighter track, the the dirt that breaks down, the short whoop section. Um, this is a Marv track to me, so um, I look for him to be in the, in the hunt. Uh, let's go to uh, Five Star. What's up, Five Star? How are you? Yeah, hey, I was going to talk about the daytime program, but you guys already covered that pretty okay. much. Yep. Um, but I guess I'm just wondering who uh, out of the whole industry, whether or you know, if fans, mechanics, uh, who benefits the most from a daytime program? Paul, you have anybody? Um, I'm trying to think. I can't really. I don't know. It's hard. It's, yeah. it's hard to say who benefits the most. Um, the, mo- the monster girls because they can go out and party, or the, the dirt shark because the, the the bottle service will start sooner. Little, yeah, you got more time to get to the bars. I guess. I, I don't know. I, I I personally think anybody that can get out on a flight that night and get home to their family a, 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 uh, that night instead of the next day benefits from it. Well, then that's me because I got a I got a ten thirty. Out at San Fran. Oh, good for so. you. I don't. I wasn't able to get one. I'm out. I'm out uh, Sunday morning. Yeah. Uh, so thanks. it's not. Desi- it's not designed to help anybody. It's just kind of changing things up a little bit. Yeah, just TV package and changing things up. Yep. So. Okay. Cool, guys. Thanks, man. Later. Uh, Pro Taper Hour Meter still to give away to somebody. Uh, 702-586-757. A couple minutes left here on the show. So if you want a Pro Taper Hour Meter, uh, courtesy of the folks at Pro Taper, give us a call. Um, you can monitor your bike's oil changes. And you can monitor uh, your piston and valve uh, spring life and, and all that so real handy to have an hour meter on your bike we always ran one at uh, at yamaha and uh, most of my buddies run one on their bike so um do you think paul that we're we talked about barsha and all his surprise pike is is very good to start the year weston pike has been very good dude he was early in glendale he was on it man he was going for it Dude, yeah, he's um it's almost a shame for Pike's sake that uh 
that uh, Barsha is having such a, a, a miracle start to the season because Pike's been crazy impressive. I mean, good good for him. Like, it's cool to see, I mean, three three fifth places to start the season and then a sixth at Glendale. Um, he's he's in the hunt. And, and again, he's getting better starts. Uh, he was really aggressive and, and good the first lap, but um, I thought he lacked a little bit of speed for the mm-hmm. most part at Glendale. Yep. Um, but he was he was great to get up to speed in the beginning of that race, and that's why he made some moves and got to the front. So that's that's a big strength of his. And um, you know, Pike's kind of never die attitude and always try and fight. That's really paying dividends, I think. You know, because he stays in the fight and he's not intimidated by anyone. And mm-hmm. and I really like right now that the the kind of culture we have watching the racing is everyone is you know, it's a free for all kind of. You know, we're not. I I really hate when there's the guy with the number one plate or the red background and everyone is avoiding him. You can't touch him. He's the holy high and mighty, you know, and I think, I think that's, I think that's bullshit. I think, uh, watching MXGPs, they're, they're really good about that. They'll race every single person as hard as they want to. Um, so that's cool. That's good to see. And and I think Pike's attitude when it comes to other right racers is what, yeah, getting him to the front a lot of times is because he he feels that he can beat anyone and everyone's the same and that's cool and um you know good for him and the jgr guys and uh and uh yeah he's a great start to the season man i think uh he deserves a podium here here shortly his pro taper products on the jgr suzuki no doubt giving him tons of control out there yeah yeah for yeah, sure yeah, that's it <laughs> Absolutely. um actually you could see like he went balls out to get in the second and then eli kind of gapped him and then uh barsha was there and then Barsha got by him, and then and then every, Barsha gapped him, and then like Pike was just a tick off, as you said, Paul. Um, which, but it allowed Barsha to get a break, it allowed Tomac to get a break, and then it allowed Roxon to get a break. You know what I mean? Because he was slightly holding everybody up, just slightly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he was jumping that three, three, three. Actually, he was jumping the three, three section. He wasn't getting the third three no, no. very consistently, and that third three, I think, was what was making up a lot of time because you just. Shot, you shot out so straight and stayed yeah. low, and and he was just struggling to get the second three all the time. So he would end up clipping and not doing it. He was still doing it, but yeah, he wasn't yep. making up the time that the other riders were. Like that's where Roxon got him. So, um, but uh, yeah, man, he's uh, yeah. he, he's doing the big stuff. He's getting good starts. I mean, he's mixing it with the big boys, and he's he's one of those guys. Yeah, he's a guy. So thanks uh, thanks to Cody, he wins the hour meter. Called in specifically one of the pro table hour meter, so we gave it to Cody. And, Paul, thank you, man. Fly Racing, Git, and Maxis Tire is all on board with us on the show. Uh, we will see you this weekend in, uh, in Glendale, man. Thanks, uh, thanks for the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just wanted to touch on some things that uh, we have oh, news yeah, go coming ahead. from ProTech. Sure, please. So, um, so, yeah, this weekend you'll see a bunch of new colors and new bar pads on, on everyone's bikes this weekend. So uh, for the longest time, ProTaper branding has remained the same, and I was kind of scared to mess with it for a while, but we've uh, I've decided to do something different. So we have a lot of new colors, and that will be on everyone's bike this weekend, so look for those. Uh, we have a new um, grip coming out next week as well. It's called a clamp-on grip, and this is a uh, – a uh, grip, you know, n- no glue, no tie wire. You just put it on, uh, tighten it up, and you're good to go. So, um, really kind of cool grip we have there. Three different, three different styles coming: pillow top, half waffle, and oh, full diamond. That's that's, uh, um, that's something new you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's brand new. That's been in development for a very long time. Uh, we also have a new chain line called a Pro Series chain line. Um, which is a forged racing chain. So this is a high-quality premium racing chain. So instead of stamping the plates, we're forging them to um, uh, increase some tensile strength in the chain. Um, it also looks quite unique as well. And then uh, another big announcement is we're launching a sub-brand next week to Pro Taper um, that I'm quite proud of. 
Yeah, so it's something that not, not really has been done much in the industry, but um, it's going to be called Pro Taper Sport, and uh, it's a value-priced um, control component uh, product line. So it's going to be under Pro Taper, but I've I've tried to do um, take very precautious steps in how we're branding it and how we're packaging mm-hmm. it, so people know that hey, it's not Pro Taper, but it's by the Pro Taper guys, and we want to compete for that customer that's shopping on price. Um, so look for Pro Taper Sport to uh, start showing up in you know where we're advertising and and on. Online on our social channels uh, next week. We'll launch it at our brand expo, and product will be in stock uh, here uh, in a month or two. So it should be cool. Uh, follow ProTaper on social media at ProTaper to, to see more photos of this stuff, I assume, and more to get it and everything else. So, um, yeah, big news for you guys. Oh, good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, that's been the last kind of year of my life working on all this stuff. So I'm excited to be able to talk about it, and everyone will start seeing stuff this weekend, and the next couple weeks should be exciting. So, um, Thanks for giving me a platform yeah. to talk about it. I appreciate uh, it. Tits, is this anything you want? Any of this, any stuff that you you want from one of our sponsors? Or? You can be sure that I will okay. peruse the catalog. Uh, yes, okay. uh, yes. <laughs> Tits will be quick to peruse the catalog. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, check out the uh, check out the website on Monday. Tits, everything will be on the website by uh, Monday. Consider it done. <laughs> All right, Paul. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll see you this weekend. Protaper.com. Thanks, buddy. For sure. See you All there. Right. Bye. See you. All right, buddy. That's uh, another show for this week. Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show presented by Get. Pro Taper and Max's tires. We couldn't get to you. Apologize. Darkside came second for the hour meter, but just couldn't quite get it done. Try again next week, Darkside. Thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate it. We'll be back next Thursday. Thank you, Tits. See ya.